0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another version of the Bruce Singer podcast. I'm Bruce Singer, your host, and a bit about the podcast. Our focus is really storytelling, inspiration, uh, content, learnings. That's what it's all about, and focus very much so on the food and beverage industry, health and wellness, uh, the food ecosystem, the the food, food in general, and and beverage. And today is going to be no exception. We have a wonderful guest, uh, Heather Courtney, and I'm going to tell you a bit about Heather in a moment. Uh, just about me, a bit about me. I'm Bruce, and I'm the CEO of Canada CFOs, which provides fractional CFOs and part-time CFOs to food and beverage companies across the food ecosystem. In addition, uh, one of our mandates is to help our clients raise capital and investment so they can grow their business and move things forward. Um, so I'm going to talk about Heather, and um, Heather is the is the founding general partner of Alwyn Capital. Um, her background is biochemistry and and she has a degree in biochemistry and she has a very interesting story which she'll share with you uh one thing i like we talked before a little bit before uh her background she plays drums she's passionate about that which is really cool and in a band and has written music which is very very cool and uh was a was a was a was a, was a fashion photographer and she's going to share your story it's quite interesting how she transitioned into the uh into raising capital and vcs uh, into the food and beverage space and her, her mission and her mandate. So Heather, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm very glad to be
0: here. Awesome. So before we get some details, can you share a bit about Alwyn Capital?
1: Sure. Yeah, so we founded Allwin in 2018. I'm the founding general partner. Uh, The other general partner is Robert Dupree. I'm based in New York and Robert is normally based in Los Angeles. We are a globally focused impact venture capital fund. Uh, We invest in pre-seed and seed stage uh, companies and we invest in companies that are revolutionizing the future of food materials and pharmaceuticals through biotechnology. And what we're really looking to do is find better and more efficient ways of producing regular consumer goods and getting products to market than using animals as machine parts. So we're looking to remove animals from the consumer supply chain and build in efficiencies and sustainability in our our food, fashion and materials.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Cool. I love that. Okay, so let's talk about that's where you are today. I'd love Mm -hmm. you to share your story because I don't know if it was like that. When you start, <laughs> you know, we graduate high school. It, there's a story that takes place. Usually, things happen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, walk us through that. Walk us through your journey.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got a. I was very passionate about you know creating change for the for future generations and for making the planet a better place to live for animals and people. I originally decided that I wanted to be a veterinarian because I thought that that was a, just an inspiring, you know, career that I was going to have for years and years. And I went, I was pre-vet in university and uh, I got talked out of being a large animal veterinarian by an equine veterinarian. And he told, he told me, if you ever want to do anything in your life, don't follow this career path. So he scared the bejesus out of me and... <laughs> I decided that I was going to pursue um, pharmaceutical research because I was super interested in how the brain worked and the sort of biochemical reactions behind all all of the decisions that you make on a daily basis. So I got a degree in biochemistry. I started out doing pharmaceutical research early. And then I hit a wall where what I wanted to do with my life did not line up with how I lived my life. So I've been a vegan for over 27 years. Uh, An animal rights activist and environmental, you know, activists from, from that far back. And in order to get drugs to market, you have to initially test pretty much everything on mice, rats or other small animals. And I couldn't figure out how to make those two parts of my life line up. So I shifted gears completely. I went back to school and I ended up getting a degree in photography and visual communication Worked in fashion and branding for food and beverage, um, lifestyle fashion companies for over a decade in New York and was, you know, talking to a friend and we realized that there was something that we just wanted to do more with our days on this planet. And so I thought back to a lot of the the things that I was really passionate about when I was young and, and the way that I want to see the future and realized that there was this opportunity in early stage investing to create companies that could truly create revolutionary change for future generations. And so that was kind of where the, the, uh, the idea behind Alwyn was born. And I started as an angel investor. My partner Robert came on, we invested together. We invested our own capital from 2018 up until recently. And we decided that we would launch our first fund this year to focus on getting a lot of these pre-seed and seed stage companies up and off the ground and help them raise their next round of capital.
0: Congratulations. Congratulations. That's awesome. You know, eventually it became, well, it became, you brought everything together. To, your passion just took over. And that's what it was because you had little bits here, little bits there, right? Right. And eventually it just, you just carved out, it carved out your following. And that's, that's awesome.
1: It's funny. My mom used to tell me, she's like, you know, that degree in biochemistry is going to come in handy for you one day. And as soon as, you know, cellular agriculture became a thing and we started looking at more and more deals that were based on really hard science, I realized that having a degree in biochemistry really helped me understand a lot of the early, the early bits. Like I never did, you know, molecular biology, um, never worked with cell culture, but I have a background, a basis in enough science that I can get through the first couple of rounds of diligence. In a technical analysis, so that that helps out a lot.
0: Because really, it, it like if you, this is where we are today. Did you know, like when you did the degree, this is what's happening to like cellular agriculture? Uh, I mean, salmon making making fish without the fish, <laughs> or yeah. what do you call it? Something fermentation, cell cell based. And I, I believe we are just at the. We're not even at first base here. That's my belief. We're just starting and uh because if we don't you know there's gonna be a much bigger problem so um so i want to ask you why why is uh, there's a number of things I want, I want to talk about animals and why why is this so important taking animals out out of the food so because some people love beef and you know and uh, the leather shoes you know and you know how it is right you gotta get a great yeah, i mean
1: food. there's you know what there's a cultural. Things? There's an, a cultural impetus built built into humans to consume, you know, um, animal based products, right? It's, it's part of a lot of food culture for a number of different societies. Here in the US, it's very much, you know, and in Canada, I'm sure as well, you know, it's meat and two veg. That's what's on your plate. That feels like a well rounded diet. Now, I mean, there's been a lot of people that have moved more towards plant-based living in you know, the past decade, and we're big fans of that. But one thing that we we recognize is that it's very difficult to get people to transition to plant-based when they feel like they have to give up something. Yes. So we're really bullish on Celag as a way, you know, cultivated meat as a way to get people to be able to eat their their steak, their chicken, their whatever it is, but do it in a better and more sustainable way. Something that, you know, isn't going to create outstanding climate change. I mean, we've seen this, you know, climate change is a real thing, right? I mean, well, uh, the scientists (laughs) have, you know, shown that our, our food system, our transportation system, we are creating a massive amount of pressure on our planet. And if you look at trying to solve our current climate crisis, you cannot do it without solving for food.
0: 100%.
1: One of the biggest drivers.
0: Yes. And
1: I mean, you know, even if you solved all of transportation, even if you electrified everything, you'd still only be able to get our greenhouse gas emissions down 28% because that is the percentage of greenhouse gas emissions that um, the transportation industry creates. Food and agriculture as a whole Is much larger than that and animal agriculture is roughly 16 percent of all of our ghg emissions so if you start to look at the way that we as a society make decisions and can and you know consume things if we can make better products and better and uh, get better products to market make them cost less or the same make them taste just as good and make them just as convenient, we can transition people to making better consumer-based decisions. And that goes across, you know, food and fashion. Interesting. And then the third part of our portfolio is really the pharmaceutical piece, which is, you know, near and dear to my heart. And I think that there's a better way for us, a faster way for us to get drugs to market if we're using truly um, human-based research models, right? We we won't be looking at these 10-year drug time horizons where patients need drugs today for for real ailments, and they're caught in a cycle of waiting for drugs to come to market that just aren't available yet because they haven't cleared phase one and two FDA clinical trials. So there's an opportunity to build in efficiencies in the way that we make food, materials, and bring drugs to market, but there's also a way for us to build sustainability into that whole system as
0: well. Yeah. And I just came back to food, and you're not going to fix the, the the net zero carbon zero. You know, without without fixing the food, it's it comes hands in hand. Mm-hmm. Food, food, food and beverage is clean tech. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it yeah, is it's part of it. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. That's a fact, and it's not just it. it you know, it, that's awesome. So let's talk. So let's share now. Let's talk about all in capital, and and talk about all this ties in. Uh, because you are you are in the investment business you are in the venture capital business you have raised a fund so what
1: we are raising a fund right raising now we haven't closed it yet
0: raising a fund okay yeah. okay I, I like to I'm optimistic <laughs> <laughs> I like <laughs> your optimism. it's happening you're doing it look you're awesome you're doing it okay you're doing it um so what so I I'm an entrepreneur I'm a how do I how, what should I do now what how does it affect my 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 ideas and my business? Like what what should, what do I need to know if I'm an entrepreneur about raising capital? Because this is the audience that's going to listen to this. You know, Right. Especially in the Canadian and I want uh, Canadian's a whole different system than i S. I'll I'll share that with you in a few moments. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, well, first of all, if you're Canadian based entrepreneur and you're working in alternative protein, you should know about Protein Industries Canada. One hundred
0: percent. Hundred yeah. uh, percent.
1: So that 100%. is my first piece of advice: leverage the grant funding that's available to Canadian companies because it is it is not available in the U.S. We most don't are. see the same level of government backing that we we see in no, Canada.
0: It's, it's very different, and most of the startup in Canada is government is government funding. Part mm-hmm. of it, if you have government funding, a lot of the startups. But let's talk about let's talk about Allwood, and and how can, so how can you help? Like, what, what, what's going on? How, what, what can investors, uh, what should investors do? How can they access funding? Because when they get to a certain stage, it's no longer, gov- I'm, I'm not talking, it's all North America, but in Canada, it's no longer, government funding only goes so far. Right. Like, then it's the next step.
1: Well, for the investors in the audience, it's an incredible time to put money into yep. the alt protein market. Yep. Uh, you know, valuations have come down considerably over the course of the last, say, eight to 12 months. Um, for the entrepreneurs in the audience, it's a tough time to raise capital, but deals are still getting done. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that entrepreneurs have to remember in the sector is that, yes, it is, you know, climate tech, hundred percent. Yes. To your point, it, it is clean tech as well, yeah. but we are also creating, you know, we as an industry are also creating a physical product. And we have to remember that at the end of the day, we are selling food. It has to taste good. It's got to be priced right. And as a food company, you have to focus on creating revenues. And so we saw a lot of companies that were raising capital that had, you know, they were pre-revenue and they were asking for tech valuations. And there was a lot of generalist investors that came into this space and were willing to give those tech valuations to early stage food companies. And we saw valuations get a little out of control. So if you're an early stage entrepreneur right now, raising your first or second round, one thing to really keep in mind is if you're pulling you know, comps off of pitch book and you're trying to price yourself based on a company that was maybe at the same stage as far as technical milestones eight or 12 months ago, and you're looking at what they raised their round at, you need to discount what you're asking for because okay. the environment, the macroeconomic environment is just not the same. The fundraising environment is just not the same as it was a year ago. So... Be smart, have a real path to profitability, be able to show what you're using, what you need this money for and where you're going to be able to get to, you know, in 12 months, in 18 months, extend your runway as far as you possibly can. And that means that a lot of times these young entrepreneurs have to make really tough decisions. They've got to cut their capital. They've got to cut cash burn, which means in large part, they have to cut their overhead and their employees. So some people are going to have to get laid off. If you can't cut your cash burn in a meaningful way and really get extend your runway, you're facing a very, very tough environment and you may not make it. So those are they're hard decisions and they're hard, hard recommendations, but they, you know, in order to really get through this, you've got to be smart about how you're using money and how you're spending money.
0: Very valuable point. I just want to back up for one second. You said something. Is it pre-revenue or 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 the attraction is there should be at least maybe a million. Because I always hear this thing, oh, uh, if you're not doing a million, don't talk to me right now. You know what I mean? (laughs) Is there a certain amount of, like, is is it, to make it attractive, there needs to be some revenue there. Like, it can't be just, just, just. Um, or or is it, or is it? So, I mean, you know,
1: know, really, in the pre-seed and seed stage environment, you know, you need to show a product market fit. You need to have you know, some sort of metric to show that the consumer is ready for your product. Okay. Um, but in, in pre-seed, a lot of times we see companies that don't have revenues, but they've got a really strong, you know, R&D team.
0: It's an R&D, and, it's an R&D company. Right? But yeah.
1: the thing is that they're pricing their company at a very early stage. The smart smart entrepreneurs are pricing their companies based on where they are right now. If they've got a strong team, they've got, you know, some IP but they don't have a product ready for market yet, don't value your company at $30 million. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the lesson there is is price your company for where you are as far as like how much much you're going to have to raise in your next round, how much you're going to have to raise over the life of your company in order to get to profitability or to get to acquisition. You know, we saw over the course of like the last two years that it was growth at all costs. And investors were willing to put money into companies just to kind of get to the next round and get to the next round and get that valuation markup. We're not there anymore. That's not the funding environment. The funding is, you know, it's slow and steady growth and show how you're going to get to your next, you know, KPI that really shows that you're going to get that valuation markup on your next round and figure out how to get to profitability.
0: Like a series of wins. So if a comp, I'm just curious if a company comes in at the beginning and they come with a, a- what I call a pie in the sky valuation, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in, in this environment, would, would the investment community negotiate with them, where basically just they just like like forget it, move on? Like, is there because because one of the biggest fears that my my clients tell me is, will I blow them out and not be able to go back? You know, like like you know, because the the amount of food 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 investing, in my opinion, has become a very specialized field right now. Mm-hmm. so it's very specialized so I wanted your thoughts on that in terms of like let's say someone does commit a high valuation is it is it over or or is it hey, no, hey, I mean, hey, it's, hey, hey
1: negotiation is a conversation right i mean we've had plenty of entrepreneurs that have come to us with valuations based on pitch book comps from two years ago of comparable mm-hmm. companies and we've had a very real conversation with them like look your, the stage that your company at is at and the current funding environment, that valuation is simply just not supported in the marketplace. It just will not be supported. So if you if you adjust, come back to us. And if you don't, best of luck right. to you. We hope that you succeed, but it's not a fit for us.
0: That's very good. No That's good. To, that's good. That's awesome. That's wonderful. Is there anything else about, we're almost coming to the end of the podcast. Like remember I told you it's short and sweet. Is
1: mm-hmm. there anything
0: else <laughs> that, that about raising money That is very important that perhaps just on last, uh, last, last, uh, last, last thoughts, you know, like last thoughts, anything else?
1: Uh, You know, know why you, why you want to run a company. What is your North Star? What is the big global challenge that you are providing a solution for? Don't create a problem to be solved, but really think about, you know, what is the problem that you are solving for? And if you truly have something that is revolutionary and you are an absolutely driven entrepreneur, You will succeed. You just have to maybe set your expectations, you know, to reflect where we are in the market right now. But that's okay. You know, we can still get there and you can still make an incredible amount of money and still build a highly successful company. But you just have to be realistic about where you are right now.
0: So is there a way, one sec, let's say people don't know what they don't know. Because maybe what they did know was was value. It's like a house, right? My house is worth two years ago, so much money. And Mm -hmm. I'm losing money now. If I go, you know, is there a, Like how does the, how does the entrepreneur educate themselves? Like, 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 because it's all good to say it. Right. But how do they, how do they really come up with, they need advisors. Like how do they do it? Like, like.
1: Yeah. I mean, talk, talk to VC funds, talk to investors, you know, have conversations. It doesn't have to be a hard, you know, I'm pitching you. It's just, I'm trying to price my company. Can you give me some advice? You know, I mean, talk to your fellow entrepreneurs. They've, they probably know what the funding environment is right now if they've raised around or they're getting ready to mm-hmm. raise around. And if you can't, you know, if you can find an advisor that's very plugged into raising money for food tech, that's incredible. If you can't find an investor that's willing to talk to you.
0: That's awesome. One last thing. So how does someone, because people will listen to the podcast, they'll listen to this podcast and they might say, I want to reach out. Like, how do I? I want to know: Am I a fit for for Allwin Capital? Am I? Because that's what people think, right? And by yeah. the way, it's it's happened. Right? It's happened on several occasions, even without me knowing. You know, right. uh, because that's the way it is, right? Uh, so, what what's the next step if somebody does want to connect with you or does want to uh, find a so they fit first, for allwyn? Yeah.
1: The first question is: Are you a fit for in? So yep. ask yourself: Are you removing animals from the consumer supply chain? Is that your company's mission? Do that's you one. that is okay. that what you're doing? Then yes you know, let's have a conversation. And our, mine and Robert's emails are very easy. It's heather at Allwyn Capital and robert at alwyncapital.com. So more
0: difficult than that. Really
1: straightforward. And, you know, Allwyn is A-L-W-I-N. So send us an email, let us know what you're doing. We're happy to have a conversation.
0: And you can always find you on LinkedIn too. It's another source. Easy. Mm-hmm. easy, easy as pie. Heather, this has been, this has been outstanding. Really, very, 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 very insightful. It was a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank and, you. It's uh, lovely to be here. And uh, you're making a difference and making a change because, uh, and these are much bigger topics too about the animal. You, you could talk about this for hours, you know, but it's really, really important. And what's uh, you're, you're uh, cutting edge? You know, that's awesome, you know.
1: Yeah, we're you know creating a brighter world for future generations, and that's what we, we're we, setting out to do.
0: We have to. Yeah, Everybody have, to. have a wonderful day. And we'll get you next time on the podcast, the Bruce Singer podcast. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, Heather.